This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. AMD stacks its chips with all-in launch. NVIDIA doubles down with Omniverse of announcements at GTC. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research. That's Tiffany Trader with HPC Wire. Tiffany, This Week in HPC, we're getting ready to start up SC. Here we go. And we're going to be back with Top 500 News and and a lot of other goings on from SC, but we got to catch up on all the news that came out just before SC, and there's a lot of it just from two chip providers. Let's start with AMD, which had two major announcements, the Milan X CPU and the MI200 GPU. We're going to dive into both. Why don't you start with Milan X? Yes, let's start with Milan X, the new CPU. This is AMD's new third-generation Epic CPU with their their new 3D V-Cache technology, codenamed Milan X. Uh, it's a fir- the company's first server CPU with 3D chiplet technology. Uh, the processors have three times the L3 cache compared to standard Milan processors, and that is a total of 768 megabytes of L3 cache. And then if you add in the L1 and L2 cache, that's a total of 804 megabytes of cache per socket. This is the same max core count as Milan 64, and it's drop-in compatible at the platform with only a BIOS upgrade. Uh, AMD is reporting a 50% performance improvement for Milan X on uh, some targeted technical uh, computing workloads compared to Milan, um, you can you can see those uh, slide on that in my article in HPC Wire, um, and then they also demonstrated uh, Milan X's uh, speed up on a on an EDA workload as well. But um, it was also kind of exciting. They announced uh, some some new customers. Yeah, this Milan X, I think we're going to spend more time on the MI200 GPU than we do on the CPU, but Milan X would be a great launch just on its own. They have uh, they really kept going with this drumbeat of performance improvements. I love that they stay true to the HPC uh, messaging and benchmarks with this. And you mentioned new customers. The most noteworthy one there is their work with Azure, which released, uh, Microsoft Azure released its new HPC. V3 instances based on Milan. And not only do we have the typical range of HPC benchmarks that AMD will trot out, but Microsoft had a range of benchmarks on its own showing very impressive performance improvements uh, on Milan X. Um, And uh, and I think that's going to be noteworthy right out of the gate. And we'll also note that the traditional OEM and ODM partners, uh, Dell Technologies, HP, Lenovo, and Supermicro, they're also they're preparing Milan X products uh, for the first quarter of 2022. So with uh, with that, let's dive into this uh, this new GPU, this new in, this new Instinct Mi 200. Um, as I anticipated, uh, given the given the really impressive power targets for the Frontier supercomputer, uh, for which this is the, the centerpiece, um, the MI the, the MI 200 does have a node shrink. It's uh, being manufactured on TSMC's six nanometer process. Uh, that's versus the seven nanometer node for uh, the MI 100. So the MI 200 is the world's first multi-chip GPU with two cDNA2 GPU dies. Uh, with um, a total of uh, 58 billion transistors, 
And this this multi chip it features up uh, across the two chips it features up to 220 com compute units at the at the high high end uh, part top of the stack part and 880 second generation matrix cores. There are eight stacks of HBM2E memory for a total of 128 gigabytes of memory, which is a lot, at uh, 3.2 terabytes uh, per second. That's four times more capacity and 2.7 times more bandwidth than its predecessor, the MI100. And then uh, connecting the two CDNA to dies um, is the Infinity Fabric uh, running at 25 gigabits per second. And then there's there's a total of 400 gigabytes per second of by providing uh, for, 400 gigabytes per second of bi-directional bandwidth. Yeah, they also introduced something new, an elevated fan-out bridge, or EFB, that they're calling 2.5D. It's elevated, right? So it's not quite 3D, I guess, but it's a little more than 2D. And that also is providing increased bandwidth between these two dies. You mentioned it's CDNA. This is their second GPU in the CDNA architecture family, or compute DNA. They separate it out compute DNA from their graphics or Radeon RDNA, which is still doing the, the graphics GPUs, and, it, and it's given them a lot of enhancements there. You mentioned that this is their first uh, multi-chip GPU, and it's available really in three different form factors. The two of them are open accelerator module or OAM form factors, or it could be called an, uh, an OCP form factor, an OCP accelerator module. One of those, the MI250X, is the one that's the heart of that Frontier Exascale supercomputer. That one is going to be available exclusively in the HPE Cray EX supercomputers. It's linked to the uh, Milan X and offers the full uh, memory coherency between CPU and GPU. The other OAM modules will be branded AMD Instinct MI250 without the X. That's still an OAM module and offers uh, is offered through other AMD server partners and works with any x86 CPU can be either AMD or Intel but does not have the CPU GPU uh, coherency and then there's also a third form factor that's the PCIe form factor that's going to be the AMD Instinct MI210 that essentially has the broadest applicability because it's PCIe compatible and that's going to be available soon through multiple technology partners. Yeah great and let's talk a little bit more about the the technical details uh, or the, the 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 speeds and feeds of the accelerator um, yeah, let's talk the, about one big number in particular, yeah, which is particular. FP64 vector performance of 47.9 teraflops. Yeah, I wrote in my article that this ostensibly answers the question, which people have been asking. Uh, what if a chip designer dramatically optimized the GPU architecture for double precision performance? Um, so I think it's 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 interesting, and uh, from my vantage point, it seems to be getting a really good good reception uh, from from folks. Not surprisingly, it's it's about four times more flops than the MI100, um, which is a uh, 11. Five and then in a side by side comparison, the uh, the top of stack MI200 was five times uh, faster uh, on that peak 64 number um, than the NVIDIA A100 uh, part. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, so it's more than yeah. quadrupled. Now, two X of that is coming from the fact that it's a two chip die, right? So you have two dies uh, on the chip. But then even beyond that, they've more than doubled the performance of, of each chip itself. So it's a it's a huge improvement from the MI100. It really is. And they, they, they ran Limpack on a single socket, uh, single socket Epic server with one of these, one of these top of stack GPUs. And they got a, a, a median score of 42.26 teraflops. So if you do the math, that's approaching, um, you know, 90% efficient efficiency just on that, you know, one node. So it'll be, it will be interesting to see, of course, how that, how that scales to, you know, um, 9,000 nodes, let's say for the frontier supercomputer. And then again, there's an armada of HPC benchmarks, and and in this case, that armada is aiming directly at the NVIDIA A100. Nearly all of the comparisons I saw were putting MI200 OAM modules up against the A100, showing favorable comparisons. Now, that's all based on AMD testing, so you've got to take that for what it's worth. But nevertheless, there, there's these. This is this is clearly a shot aimed directly at NVIDIA, and is particularly interesting with Frontier coming out because not only are they going to be in the market, but let's put that back together with Milan X. This is interesting because you've got the CPU and GPU together from the same manufacturer in a way that I think NVIDIA, neither NVIDIA nor Intel can, can put that together competitively in the same way anytime soon. We're waiting for CPUs from NVIDIA. We're waiting for the accelerator from Intel. One of the big benefits is the Infinity Fabric 3 that's connecting the, the GPUs and uh, the CPUs and GPUs and delivering 800 gigabytes per second of aggregate bandwidth um, and, 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 uni and unified CPU GPU memory coherency, and which is um, a, a big feature here. Now, of course, a lot of this all comes down to software. You've got a program for this, and there's a new generation of AMD's Rockham uh, software for programming and, uh, and optimization here. And that includes, again, a new generation of a tool called HIP, which is uh, for porting uh, uh, applications from other open programming models, which is really CUDA. I'm going to take something from CUDA and bring it over to the MI200. A lot of this comes down to how well that software optimization goes. But from a hardware standpoint, uh, to me, this is really interesting uh, launch. One thing I want to circle back on is that the, the new GPU will be the centerpiece in the forthcoming Frontier supercomputer that is currently being installed at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And that system has a promised performance target of greater than 1.5 peak double precision exaflops. Um, but going by this, the specs on this chip, if you do the math on that, that gets you to 1.7 exaflops of peak. And that's just, just owing to the GPUs. And that's also just owing to that um, vector performance of 47.9 teraflops because they're also stating that it, they can achieve up to 95.7 teraflops, which is double that on the F, on FP460, FP64 matrix operations. So if they're able to take advantage of that, then you know we'll see, you know we could see the numbers the numbers could go up even higher. And the Ornell director Thomas Zachariah, who was on hand for the launch event, uh, the AMD launch event recently, um, he said that uh, a single 
a single MI250X GPU, the one inside that system, will be more powerful than the entire node of Ornell's Summit Supercomputer, which is uh, currently still the fastest system in the United States. Uh, it's going to be impressive, and we're going to see if we learn more about Frontier during the Supercomputing 21 conference, uh, either through the Top 500 list or through any other uh, any other portals that we might see. But uh, it's we're we're definitely have our ear to the ground about Frontier, which we know is being installed. Yeah, and one more thing I just want to in, 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 um, get in before we we move on is that the. Um, the Milan X, you know, I think some people might have seen the M the Milan X come out and heard a lot about Frontier at the same time and may have made the may have thought that that was what was going on, but that's not the case. It's not going to be Milan X and Frontier. It's going to be what and what AMD is calling an enhanced version of Milan. So still some more details to come on those Frontier specs, and you know, we'll all be on the lookout at at SC during this week for more details on that. Yep, and uh, I wanted to get in something else about the software, which I always like to talk about with this version of uh, Rockham. I think the most interesting thing is that AMD extended the compatibility of Rockham down to its um, RDNA architecture with compatibility of the AMD Radeon Pro uh, W6800 uh, graphics processor. That's an advantage that NVIDIA previously had with CUDA that you could have a desktop GPU that was NVIDIA start your programming there and then scale it up into HPC and server land. Uh, AMD uh, customers can now do that with a desktop graphics GPU, start the development and then bring it forward. They also uh, announced something they're calling AMD Infinity Hub for ready to use software. AMD is calling that a single place for researchers, data scientists and end users to easily find, download, and install containerized HPC applications and machine learning frameworks that are ported, ported, optimized, and supported on Rockham. Now, that's not even all the news we got from AMD. There was also some roadmap news uh, going forward with the new generations of processors. Right. So as, as if all that weren't enough, there exactly there's some roadmap, few roadmap details to get into. Some, so there's the next gen Genoa, go stay sticking with the theme of the Italian cities, the next gen Genoa Epic platform that will have up to 96 high performance, uh, five nanometers and four cores. Those are made by TSMC once again, uh, and will they will support the next generation memory and I.O. capabilities, including DDR5, PCIe Gen 5 and CXL. And Genoa is now sampling to customers and they anticipate um, production and launch will uh, take place next year. Uh, in addition to that, there's another another um, stop on their roadmap, uh, <laughs> another stop on their on their roadmap um, that overlaid on uh, overlaid on Italy. Um, they've unveiled a new version of Zen 4 for cloud native computing, and this is called Bergamo, B-E-R-G-A-M-O, and it features up to 128. Uh, high performance Zen 4, Zen 4 C cores. We can we can guess that C may stand for might stand for cloud uh, cores, and that will come um, with the other features of Genoa that we we just mentioned: a DDR5, PCI Gen 5, CXL, and uh, some inf Infinity Guard um, security features. And it will be socket compatible with Genoa, and with the same Zen 4 instruction set. It is on track to stop, start shipping in the first half of 2023. 
So absolutely a huge launch event from AMD. And then we rolled from that directly into the fall edition of NVIDIA's GTC as a uh, prelude to SC22. And if AMD had an impressive half-hour launch event, there was a Jensen Wong keynote that went on for about an hour and a half and covered an awful lot of space. I don't know how many of these announcements we can get in here, but there are certainly some that we want to talk about. And I would say for HPC, heads probably the most noteworthy was not one they spent a lot of time on in the keynote but there's a new quantum 2 400 this doesn't have to do with quantum computing this is branding the quantum 2 400 gigabit ndr infiniband is uh, is now going to be available next year from nvidia right so quantum 2 uh, and this is an evolution of the the melanox quantum switch uh, and, you know, I think you got, you have some spec slides up on that if you want to run us through that. Yeah, indeed. There's actually three separate products here, and I'm not going to get into all the specs on it, but there's the Quantum 2 switch itself, which is the 400 gigabit uh, InfiniBand switch. And then uh, that is uh, 64 ports of 400 gigabit per second or 128 ports, 200 gigabits per second, which triples the switching throughput and is uh, now sampling, although it's really going to be generally available next year. Um, then, of course, there's the ConnectX 7 InfiniBand adapter card. Um, interesting here is that they're offering 4X um, improvement of computing performance for in-network computing. They've also doubled the throughput on GPU Direct, and they're going to be sampling that in the first month of next year in January 2022. And then uh, the third product under Quantum 2 InfiniBand is going to be the Bluefield 3 InfiniBand DPU. That's the uh, uh, that's the uh, in-network computing that we're looking at. It's got 16 64-bit ARM cores, uh, as well as uh, quadrupling the in-network computing performance, the double the, the GPU direct. That's the one that's sampling out in May 2022. The interesting thing to me with this whole suite of uh, next generation InfiniBand is how they're positioning it, not just with these specs, but the um, when we really got into how they're positioning, they were talking a lot about cloud-native supercomputing. And a lot of these features that they're dialing up for it are focused on getting bare metal levels of performance with multi-tenancy through performance isolation and congestion control. So they're saying you can run a multi-tenant cloud with high-performance computing applications on it and that Quantum 2 is going to have enough in-network computing, timing, and uh, and congestion control that you can get bare, le uh, bare metal levels of performance on HPC applications in a multi-tenancy cloud. I think that is uh, very interesting positioning, both in terms of capability and also presumably in terms of targeting and where they're saying they're going to sell it. Now, the GTC keynote was a lot bigger than that, and they spent, of course, a predictable amount of time talking about AI topics, and there was a lot around this concept of omniverse and creating totally separate realities, digital twins, and they had one particular big announcement with a kind of a visionary project that they announced at the very end of the keynote called Earth 2. 
Yeah, so this was the news that generate I think generated the most buzz and grabbed a lot of he- uh, headlines. Uh, this is Earth 2 E2, which is their grand ambition to create a digital twin of the Earth that they're going to create and, and build their own NVIDIA supercomputing for. They made some announcements, some 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 com- they made some comparisons to to Cambridge 2, the UK system. Here's what we know. It will run physics-informed AI models leveraging the NVIDIA Modulus AI framework. Uh, uh, as well as the NVIDIA Omniverse platform that you were just talking about. And the CEO, Jensen Wong, said that the the Earth 2 system will be fully funded by NVIDIA and that it will be the next evolution of the the company's you know owner operated and managed supercomputers such as Cambridge One and, and Celine, which are currently the number 51 and number six uh systems on the the top 500 and they haven't revealed many details they're just teasing us with this news they they haven't revealed the architecture or the ultimate location for for where earth 2 machine will be <laughs> believe me we we asked <laughs> um but they did say they will have more details to come at the spring uh 2000 the spring 2022 gtc in march and and jensen also said that the upcoming machine will allow nvidia to quote create the most energy efficient supercomputer ever created he said um it will be it will be very powerful and um, will be designed for the omniverse and he said because if if you um imagine the earth as a physical thing this will be the engine of alternate world worlds i'm not quite sure what that means but we'll have to uh, stay tuned and and find out um like i said they didn't detail the architecture but uh I mean, I have a guess. I don't know. You don't really like to guess at things, Addison. But do you have I, I a guess? don't. I, I don't. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, you're right. This one did create a lot of buzz. And I certainly had a lot of questions myself. I'm yeah. left with more questions than I am excitement at, at this. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think it's a very cool vision. But I would have just assumed they waited on this announcement until they had more to tell us, including, all right, if this is an internal supercomputer, why is NVIDIA getting into the climate analysis game is are, is it nvidia's intention now to be a major client climate and weather research center like the med office or ecmwf or NOAA, right and why is nvidia doing this research is there a business model in that for them they are they selling this to anybody where is this system going to be you know when, i i don't i don't know anything when does it come out like there's there's no answers around this at all and and how much much is it going to be able to do? Can can anything ever really contain a copy of itself? I mean, there's there's so many philosophical questions around this. I I would have rather waited on this until they had more to say. I think it's a cool vision, but the biggest thing that confuses me is why is it an internal Nvidia machine instead of something that they're selling to a major weather site if it's really going to be that cool? Yeah, you're you're asking a lot of great great questions there. So if you'll permit me, just a little fun fun speculation, and and I have no idea, but it's just a little fun fun thought exercise. So I mean, the timing seems to line up. They do have they do have another big system architecture that they did announce. The timing does seem to kind of like it might be lining up for you know when they're when they're um, ramp. Uh, readying to launch the, the Grace Hopper system, which would be their first ARM CPU system. You know, earlier this year, NVIDIA said that that Grace ARM CPU is expected to debut in 2023. You know, little insert again, um, just having some some fun here. Um, but it will be, 
it will be um if that's true you know or it'll be fun to watch where if that's true if if it is if it does turn out that it's one of those gray systems it will be fun to see or interesting to see where it comes in the cycle because they have already promised two other grace hoppers one and here's where the, the weather modeling um theme comes in again one is to the swiss national supercomputing computing center at cscs and then the other one to the um the doe's uh, los alamos national laboratory and 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 and, and those are both by the way going to be built in partnership with um with hp hpe and nvidia and then i'm wondering and this this doesn't just apply to the situation it's going to increasingly apply to other situations too um, but i'm wondering how nvidia will deal the, this deck um you know will they will they do like one one for you one for me you know um how will they prioritize their customers uh, how will they prioritize their both their customers and their own? Given they're setting more and more, they're setting up these in, these big internal systems. How do they prioritize who gets what when? You know, you know that ramp, such how that ramp situation can be tight. Um, how do they pr prioritize that from a tech technological and from a marketing perspective? And you know, and then also you got to factor in that arm, the Nvidia arm uh, engagement period, and you know whether that's going to result in in church bells or someone getting left at the altar. You know, I, I get it. And, and there's a lot of inspirational stuff in AI and Omniverse, and it's a vision that we can really believe in. And I do believe that there's a lot of transformational change in AI. I also believe a lot of it is going to take a really long time. And some of these announcements, it just felt like we're getting way out ahead of what's current reality and what are the problems that people have today. Now, I do think it's noteworthy they announced a new NVIDIA plus Atos AI Excellence Lab. I think that's that's going to do a lot of great research for AI and help bring this a lot forward. But for me, the real meat of the GTC keynote and something that's worth dissecting, although we're not going to have time to get into a lot of it here, was they really did ride the CUDA wave of, you know, we've been doing this now for 12 years with products, 15 years before that. They've got a long entrenched history with GPU optimization on CUDA. They had over 100 new software announcements, some of which really came up to the headline level for me. To me, one of the biggest ones was Ansys, some of the most common HPC software. That's where we were seeing a little bit of a gap with um, uh, GPU optimization was in that manufacturing suite. And getting Ansys on board with CUDA, I think, fills a major hole. The other one that I think would have been easy to have slipped by um, was something called QNumeric, which is going to do um, for Python what CUDA has been doing for C and C++, being able to do... Um, GPU-optimized Python code now. This dovetails with a software study that we just completed recently at Intersect 360 Research showing that Python is really now a top-tier development language actively for high-performance computing where you have Fortran that's more sliding toward maintenance mode. Um, certainly C and C++ are still up there, but Fortran is a major uh, programming language for active HPC development, and we didn't have GPU modules for that. Kunumeric brings us that. So there were a lot of important software announcements there. I agree. I mean, I think it behooves them to uh, emphasize that that 12-year legacy that they have with CUDA and contrast that with, you know, the, their competitors that are that are, are, are 
just coming out and, and you know have just come out with those um, similar similar tools. So you know talk talk about going going way out there into the the philosophical theoretical, but you know coming back to reality, there were also three three system announcements uh, beyond all the ones that we we don't know that much about yet. There were uh, there was the Southern Methodist University in the the Dallas area. They're installing an NVIDIA DGX SuperPod. And uh, that they're going to be using for for machine learning across uh, twelve for twelve thousand students and twenty four hundred uh, faculty and staff, um, and that's one of three universities in that South Central U.S. area that's um, uh, announcing announcing their intent to uh, to use an NVIDIA system. There was also Texas A&M and Mississippi State University. Uh, they're both uh, adopting the NVIDIA Quantum 2 that you were talking about, the uh, the 400 gigabit per second InfiniBand networking platform. And they're gonna be using those as the backbone for their their latest uh, systems. And then there's also uh, DRock in the uh, in Leicester in the UK is also uh, making an announcement too for an, an NVIDIA upgrade. All right. With that, Supercomputing Week is off to a hot start. I know we're about to have a very busy week ahead. I'm looking forward to being in person in St. Louis and hope we'll be able to meet some of our listeners there. You can catch more details on all of these stories in articles on HPC Wire. Uh, there is a lot more behind the covers on this, and I know this is a long podcast, but we had a lot of news to cover, and I, I know we've got more ahead. Tiffany, thank you very much for running this down with me. Next up, a top 500. Stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned for top 500. We'll see you in St. Louis. Thanks very much, everybody, for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.